sent me on kind of this year-long journey of like living in my 1978 Volkswagen. You're listening to the Upside Down Podcast, a place for unscripted conversations on life and faith. Join us as we discuss what it looks like when Jesus turns our lives upside down. Welcome to this episode of Upside Down. I'm Christy James, and today we're going to take a break from the norm, and we're going to do a episode that will hopefully let you get to know one of our hosts a little bit better. We're going to be doing these with each of our hosts, all five of us, so it'll be really helpful if you go ahead and subscribe so they're delivered to you as soon as we release I see, them. I see what you did there, Christy. Just, just <laughs> hiding that right I like into it. the <laughs> yeah. booth. <laughs> as always, we do appreciate your ratings and reviews. They help people find us. So Kayla and I, this is Christy, like I said, we're going to be talking to Lindsay Wallace first tonight, and I, for one, am super pumped. So one thing we're going to jump right in and do is a couple, we're calling them rapid fire questions. So quick questions, quick answers, try to get us warmed up. So first, Lindsay, what is your go-to breakfast? Eggs. What kind? (laughs) How do you cook them? (laughs) Sunny side up with, this sounds maybe kind of weird, but mashed sweet potatoes Mm. and salsa and avocado. Sounds amazing. Yeah, that's what I like to eat for breakfast. Are you a coffee or a tea drinker? Mm, so this is hard. I'm a lifelong tea drinker, but just this year I've started drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. So coffee in the morning, tea in the evening. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Why this year? I don't know. I think I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> How old yeah, are you? You have five kids. I mean, I know. I'm 35. I'm okay. I'll be 36 in a couple months. Yeah, it was just time for coffee. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm I'm with you. I keep trying to quit coffee, and then I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm miserable. Kayla, feel free to jump in with some of these. I know you had some good ones. What kind of cake did you have at your wedding, Lindsay? Oh, so my husband and I were vegan for a really long time, Mm -hmm. um, including at our wedding. So we actually had a vegan harvest cake, which was basically like carrot cake, kind of. We got married in October and had like hay bales and pumpkins. And so it was this very like fall kind of theme. And so the cake was called Harvest Cake. So obviously we had to have that. Mm -hmm. So was it like, like vegetables? Uh, There was probably zucchini, you know, like shredded zucchini in it. But it was like, yeah, carroty. I don't know. Was Uh, it good? I mean, yeah, liked it. Yeah, it was super good. Did you eat? Did you eat the top of it? At your one-year anniversary? Oh, well, you know what? My stepmom might have saved some, actually, now that you say that. we might. <laughs> it's kind of a weird tradition, like, eat this old cake. It is <laughs> right. weird. It is kind of weird, but that's totally something she would have done. So I think maybe we did. I just remember we didn't, we had chili was, like, the meal, mm-hmm. and popcorn and s'mores. And oh, that sounds I amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. We didn't get to eat any of it. All we had was cake because, like, by the time we, you know, like, we're done talking and uh-huh. saying hi to people, like, all the food was gone and we just ate cake, which, mm-hmm. you know, was, was fine. But I have to say, if I, if it was me and I was trying to eat chili in a wedding dress, <laughs> this is Kayla, and I know I would have had chili all over me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would have yeah. been scary. <laughs> maybe, yeah, so maybe it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Lindsay, what did you study in college? Film. 
Yeah, so weird and random. Yeah, so I have a film degree. Where did you go? Um, Well, at the time, it was a pretty small private art school in Orlando. Now it's gotten a little bit bigger. It's called Full Sail. I know someone that went there. That's yeah, cool. so when I went there, it was it was really tiny. But it's, like, every once in a while on, like, Pandora or different, like, I don't know, you know, the man on the internet is kind of creepy. But every once in a while, <laughs> a full sale, like, ad will pop up, which is mm-hmm. so weird because it was really small when I was there. But now it's, people know about it occasionally. Hmm. Yeah. And do you use that background today Uh, at all yeah so not directly I obviously I'm not making films but definitely like the skill sets can be similar um, in a lot of ways and I've worked more in the production side of things so not necessarily the creative but the more logistical like the director has the vision and then Mm -hmm. the production team makes it happen so it's bringing together all of the logistics all the people all the equipment getting it done on time on budget all of those things so Mm -hmm. Yeah, those skills definitely come into play today. Yeah, as someone who has been an extra in a movie once, I completely understand (laughs) everything that you're saying. (laughs) Right. Makes perfect sense. This is such a Hollywood conversation. (laughs) I'm worthy to be a part of it. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, Kayla, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? I have one more question. Lindsay... Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Yeah, so according to Myers-Briggs, I'm just barely on the extrovert side. But I tell everyone that my kids suck all of the extrovertedness out Mm -hmm. of me. So at the end of the day, I'm really, like, I just want to introvert, you know. But I am slightly extroverted, so I enjoy a good social gathering and meeting new people. You know, like, that's Mm -hmm. not draining to me typically, unless Mm -hmm. I've had, like, the life sucked out of me. Mm-hmm. I'm 34. And I think that that's something that's been happening to me as I get older too. So I'm wondering if part of it's having all the children and part of it is just getting a little bit older and having maybe like social needs change. I don't know. I, don't, I know that's not supposed to change your actual personality, but yeah, something to explore perhaps. <laughs> perhaps taking a step in a little bit closer. We'd love to know in as much detail as you want to share. (laughs) How did you meet the infamous William Wallace? Yeah, so we um, met at a church, and I had just started going, and it was a pretty young church plant, so it was a lot of, you know, like young 20-somethings. There were only a handful of married couples. I think there was one family that had a baby, like, you know, the Mm -hmm. first year. (laughs) Everyone was like, oh, what do you do with it? Um, (laughs) And... We were part of the same small group, but the small group had like 30 people in it. Um, And the, like, there were, I think, maybe one married couple. And the guy to girl ratio was like one to 10. So for every, like, single gal, there were 10 single guys. Oh, so so the opposite of what I'd expect. Yeah. The dynamic was a little strange. And so William decided he was just, like, going to be my friend. And, because he felt like, given the ratio of guys to girls, that was the best choice. But I had taken a notice to him, and I think invited him to, like, go see a movie or something. I mean, it was super casual. You know, it was just, like, one night at the end of our small group or something. Like, hey, we're going to go see a movie. Do you want to come? And he's like, no, I'm going to go home and whatever. I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. 
And then he said, like, a day or two later, he was like, wait a minute. I think she was, like, asking me to go hang out. You know, like, maybe that was something I should have paid attention to. And so then we did start hanging out, you know, as a group. And then eventually individually and interestingly enough he actually got arrested on our first date a a great story (laughs) in itself yeah like we were driving home from a movie and it was either labor day or memorial day weekend i always get those confused but like three cop cars behind us pull us over long story short like they arrest him he has no idea what he's being arrested for and i'm sitting on the curb like can you tell me what's going on and the cop was like well it could be he didn't license his dog or it could be he killed somebody and i'm like serious like can you not give me more information than that so they like took him away left me with his car which i drive home to my apartment and i tried calling the station or i don't know whatever you call and they were like, um, in order for us to give you information, we need to know his date of birth and his middle name. And I was like, this was oh our first gosh. date. I don't know those things. <laughs> oh, my so, Anyway, it ended up being like a misunderstanding about a missed court date for not having car insurance like five years before. It was this big to do. But it's a funny story that like even our kids know the story now. One time daddy got arrested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. So how after you started date? How long did you guys date? Um, we dated for a little over a year before we got married. Okay. So how and when in your marriage and in your relationship did you know? I mean, when did you start feeling pulled to something like interchange? Mm. So gosh, time is so weird and easy to forget. I guess probably like about five years into being married, we started exploring it. And we actually went through the interview process with another missions organization that is only on the continent of Africa. Mm -hmm. And we felt like we would end up in Africa because that was kind of our introduction to missions. Like, And I actually did use my film degree to do some editing with a nonprofit organization that started doing documentary films in South Sudan and William has done several documentaries in South Sudan. And so that was kind of like when our heartstrings started getting pulled, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we just thought like, well, obviously we'll end up there, but it just like the door kind of kept closing with that missions organization. And we had some red flags, like a lot of the missionaries lived in a compound and didn't really live among the people they were working with, or like the husband went off and did the missionary work and the wife stayed behind. Mm -hmm. And so there were just some things about that we were like, eh, that doesn't really jive. So in about four years ago, we were at church and there were some folks behind us who were visiting. And um, one of our sons was in my lap because we couldn't leave him in childcare yet at the time. And he kept like dropping his crayons, you know, and the lady behind me kept having to pick him up and hand him to me. And so at the end I turned around and apologized. And basically they are now some of our best friends and they actually planted the Miami team about mm-hmm. 12 years ago. Oh, that's and cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, they came to Louisville just to do a sabbatical year and yeah, just, sat behind us one Sunday visiting our church. They ended up going to a different church while they were in town, but they invited us to a book study. So the guy who started Interchange, his name's John Hayes, and he wrote a book called Submerge. And they invited us to a Submerge book study. And about halfway through the book, William and I looked at each other and we were like, we're, we're, this is the organization for us. You know, mm-hmm. like this, 
where wow. we're supposed to be. And we went to them and told them, like, hey, we think we're supposed to join Interchange. And they were like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was kind of their recruiting tool, you know, like the Bible or the book study. So that's kind of what got it all started was mm-hmm. meeting them and doing the book study. Yeah. So, Lindsay, I have a question for you. And you've talked a little bit about this. Um, on your blog, but you have a really interesting story, and you talked a little bit in one of our past episodes when we kind of talked a little bit about our faith experiences, and Mm -hmm. you became a Christian as an adult, and I would love to hear kind of your journey to that. Yeah, so I wasn't raised in a Christian home. My dad was Catholic, but not necessarily practicing Catholic, and so anyway, I, as an adult, right after high school, started dating a guy who his parents were Christians and his grandparents and his whole family. And so that was my really first exposure to like what Christianity even was and um, just hearing the language and being around people who went to church on a regular basis. And so we went to church with them a handful of times. And then I went off to college in Orlando and that was in 2001. And on September 11th, we were driving to school. He and I went to college together and uh, we were listening to Howard Stern and <laughs> he said, was talking about these aer- an airplane that had just hit one of the twin towers. And we thought it was a joke because it was Howard Stern. And then we got to school and realized it wasn't a joke. And, and for whatever reason on that day, I knew that God was enough mm-hmm. for all the pain and all the hurting in the world. And for all those people who were affected and, you know, continue to be affected today. But I I can't tell you why. Like, Mm -hmm. there were several times in my life where I felt like up to that point where I felt like God wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. um, And where he was making himself known to me and asking, do you trust me? And I said, no. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can think back to definitely teenage years, there were several of those instances. And even as a younger child, like feeling like, I was rejecting God and that he wasn't enough for my pain or my hurt or my situation. But Mm. for whatever reason on 9-11, like I just, I just knew, like I just believed, Mm. you know, and and that's what the Holy Spirit does. But yeah, so it was just on that day. And then, but you know, there wasn't this immediate like, okay, I'm a Christian now. So I'm Mm going to go to Bible studies and do all the things. Like I had no real framework for what it looked like to be a Christian. So my boyfriend and I that I mentioned, like we lived together and we lived together for several years and we came home from college and started, and I didn't even start going to a church at that time. Like I was just praying because I suddenly knew like this, there is a God and he is enough. So we got back from college and started going to church with his family and it was kind of, it was a mega church. And so they always do an altar call, you know, at the end of the service. And one Sunday I thought, well, I'm going to go up there. Like, I think I believe this. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, they walk you through the whole like, here's here's man and here's god and the you know the big like chasm between and mm-hmm. then they draw the cross and here's how you get to god jesus died do you believe it yeah okay great and as they put my address into their computer system a phone call from i don't know if he was an elder or a deacon or what he was but an older gentleman who basically told me i was being used for sex and <laughs> wanted wow. to know what i would say if jesus showed up on my doorstep mm-hmm. and i was like Ugh. like <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but it was pretty devastating um, at the time. Yeah. As a, number one, as a baby Christian, like literally like baby Christian, you know, like I had really no clue what he was saying or mm-hmm. what he was trying to say. And then also like when you're not like people who 
aren't believers or aren't trying to follow what the Bible has to say, like they're not Googling is cohabitation a sin. Like right. that's not, not what non-believers are sitting around mm-hmm. thinking about, you know? And so for me, I was like, what? Like I had no context even for any of that. And so, um, Oof. yeah, again, very long story short end is we ended up getting some counsel at another church who a much more grace, gracious leadership who said, you know, this is what the Bible says. And so you can either get married or you can break up. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we had been living together for four years. And so aside from the covenant, it was very much like we were married. We shared a bank account. We shared an apartment. We shared a car, you know, mm-hmm. all of the that kind of like life stuff was shared. And so I thought, okay, well, I believe what the Bible says. So I think we should get married. And my boyfriend at the time, and who was raised a Christian, kind of had his own crisis of faith, really, and came to the conclusion that he wasn't sure he believed what the Bible said, and he didn't want to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, Which sent me on kind of this year-long journey of, like, living in my 1978 Volkswagen and Mm -hmm. driving up to Chicago and sleeping on friends' couches and doing freelance film work and just, like, seeking... In a weird secular world, I still didn't really have Christian friends. Like, what does this mean? Do I believe what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. Like, and if I really believe it, what does that mean for my life and how am I supposed to live it out? I eventually came uh, back home, which was Louisville, Kentucky, and my cousin had been a part of a church plant and helped me just kind of work through all those questions I had about what does it really look like and started going to that church plant. But a funny thing, and this is totally the rebel in me, which I had a friend recently tell me, you're not rebellious, you're just bold. So maybe I should start. <laughs> I like that. This is the boldness. I went, so when I came home after my kind of year-long, you know, journey of figuring out what is it I really believe, I came back and started going to this little church plant, but I went back to the mega church and got baptized. <laughs> <laughs> just for the sake of doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because honestly, it really, the real struggle that I had too was like, okay, so you looked my sin up in a computer, right? Like you typed in my address and you saw Mm -hmm. that there was someone else living there that I wasn't married to, but like other people have sin that you can't look up in a computer, you know? And so I just really struggled as a, I mean, I I don't even know if I would have called myself a believer. I mean, I believed, but I just had no background or basis for anything. So I was just constantly trying to figure out like, how good do you have to be? Like Mm -hmm. how good? you have to be to come to the Lord and obviously at the end of it I realized and have in the last you know that was like that was 12 years ago like that's the whole point I'll never Mm -hmm. be good enough that's the whole point of the cross is that we're not good enough and Jesus came Mm -hmm. to you know to bridge that gap but yeah it was really um that was my first introduction Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the church and Christianity and yeah it was rough in the beginning Mm-hmm. So, Lindsay, I have a question. If someone is listening who might be living with um, a boyfriend, um, you, what would you tell them? Like, they, you're not, like, trying to, like, point out sin, right? Like, you're right. not. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I did write about this um, a few years ago because um, someone had asked me to share my story more in detail. But I think, like, the enemy wants you to feel shame. And Jesus says there's no shame. He nailed it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And so I think just, like, there might be some life changes that need to be made. And honestly, like, it was it was pretty devastating, like, 
to go from a four-year relationship where you are living together to now not being in that relationship anymore. It, that was devastating for me. So I'm not like at all trying to say it would be a simple mm-hmm. um, decision to make or life change because it would absolutely be that life change and could be devastating. But I think like seeking your identity in the Lord and rec- and realizing who he says you are even outside of that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, if there would be like, the potential for that relationship to end in marriage, like that would be great too, you know? So like definitely not every story is going to end like mine did, but Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for people in that position could, could probably be shame. Cause I think, and even like the way that that man approached me, like that was very shameful. Like who would you say that to, you know, but it was like just this, well, you're a sinner and we can just shame you into, I don't know what they were, really yeah, good it's super judgmental mm-hmm. yeah it was not 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 handled well at all yeah it's tough because it sounds like they also weren't I mean there was no consideration of what it would cost you you know and mm-hmm. it seems like if you know maybe acknowledging like if someone yeah. had instead said hey I realize this is going to totally turn your life upside down but the reward is Christ then right And I think, yeah, and yeah, I mean, like, we, because we had shared so much for so long, like, it was even, like, friends and social circles, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I basically had to leave town for a year, you know, Mm -hmm. because I had, it was, it was the kind of thing where I had to turn, like, I had to leave that life, that whole (laughs) lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, in order to, like, pursue the Lord, and Mm -hmm. yeah, that's costly, you know, Mm -hmm. and can feel lonely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. So then when um, we've talked about your adoptions and all of your children here and there, and we have our adoption episode that is already out. I think we've got plans for at least one more. I feel like it's a topic that we could spend a lot of time on. But what are some questions that you get a lot about that? Is there anything that you wanted to kind of fill in about that that you, you know, skipped over here and there? Yeah, I don't know that I've ever, like, in um, age order anyway, Mm -hmm. laid out all of them. So I could do that. Yeah, that'd Um, be great. So my oldest, his name is Kanan, and he's eight. And he was adopted through foster care. And then Moses is also eight. They're six months apart, and he is biological. And then Malachi is seven. He is Kanan's biological brother. He was So he was also adopted through foster care. So him and Moses are 12 months apart. And then Meadow is next, and she's six. Her and Malachi are 10 months apart. She's biological. And then Glory is our youngest, and she is four, and she was adopted from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So mm-hmm. the oldest four are super mm-hmm. close in age. And basically, like, all three of my boys are pretty much the same size, and then my girls are pretty much the same size. <laughs> so just to glance, it looks like they're all kind of, you know, the same Yeah, I mean, the questions that we get now in our neighborhood, it's really sweet. I just love that, like, about kids, how they're just willing to go for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a little girl across the street, and she doesn't ask me every day anymore, but she still asks sometimes, why are you white? And I'll (laughs) say, because God made me that way. And she'll look at Glory, and she'll say, why is she black? And I'll say, because God made her that way. He loves color. And then we get to have all these great conversations about adoption and Mm. um 
ethnicity and diversity and what heaven's going to look like, you know? And so Mm -hmm. especially in our neighborhood where we are the only white family, um, but then our kids aren't all white. It gives us just really cool ends, especially with the kids. Adults don't ask those kind of Mm -hmm. questions typically. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least not in our neighborhood. We get them outside sometimes, but um, the kids in our neighborhood will, you know, like there's a little girl the other day who said, how come all you got, or no, she said, you have a lot of kids and they're all different colors. (laughs) Yeah, they are. And she was like, all the kids in my family are the same color. And I was like, yeah, families look, you know, every family is different. And it's just such a great, great um, opener to really Mm -hmm. great conversation. Yeah. I agree with that. We've got a few minutes left. Lindsay, what are what are some things that either keep you up at night or make your heart beat hard? Um, mm. What are those kinds of things that get kind of get get your brain going and to the point where it can be hard to turn it off? Yeah, I think for me, like parenting is a big one, mm-hmm. um, and just I think it's. It, exacerbated too just this idea like I've realized in the past couple years that I'm a fixer and I like to fix things and Mm -hmm. I like to have answers and I like you know I like to brainstorm and come up with a solution the Lord and also counselors have helped me to see that I'm not really my kids healer um, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm responsible to them like I'm responsible for being a good mom and I'm responsible for pointing them to the Lord, but I'm not responsible for them in the sense that I can save them or Mm -hmm. heal them, particularly my kids from hard places who have some, you know, kind of primal wounds in terms of losing birth family and birth culture and those kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. so um, it's just been this continual journey that I don't know, you know, probably parents of adult kids would say never ends, but just this realization of, you know, I'm responsible to loving them and those kind of things, but I, I can't heal them and I can't, I can just lead them to the Lord, you know, and then mm-hmm. Jesus can, can fill in those broken places in their hearts that all of us have, you know. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's definitely something, because the, you know, the kicker is I screw up all the time, mm-hmm. right? So like, I'm still trying in my flesh to fix them. I'm still trying to heal them and I'm, you know, but I can't. And so it's just that constant just that constant release, I think, and holding them with open hands and mm-hmm. asking the Lord to be the one to heal their, heal them and mm-hmm. take over their lives and trust them to him. Really, I think that's, you know, kind of what I think about, too, is it comes down to trust. Like, do I trust the Lord with this little person mm-hmm. that he's that's, given me, but really they're his, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. That's so hard. Yeah. yeah. It's super hard. So I think if there's anything that occupies a lot of my headspace and you know in quiet moments that would be that would be it mm-hmm. and and going off of that what do you do to take care of yourself and make sure that you are you know fed spiritually yeah. and mentally and physically as you're ministering to others in your community and to your family yeah I think I got advice from another mom sev- several years ago now who has six I think she had six kids who said you know figure out what gives you life and then commit to doing that at least twice a week in in an ideal world three times a week so Mm -hmm. whatever's life-giving for you get your spouse on board you know get whatever set up logistically for that to happen so for me that's always been writing and Mm -hmm. running 
I don't enjoy running, but it it, it it like helps me clear my mind, and I mm-hmm. you know right physically is good to be active. So yeah, writing is really like therapy for me. So I that's one of my kind of things that I commit to that's life giving and running too. So I try to do both those things two mm-hmm. or three, two times a week. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you share quickly where people can find you? Yeah, I am Light Breaks Forth on Instagram and I'll have a Facebook page for my blog, which is the same, lightbreaksforth.com. And then I occasionally, I use Twitter for like checking the news, like the real news when mm-hmm. I want to know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on Twitter a little bit at Lindsay Wallace. And it's Lindsay with no E or A at the end. Right. Great. Well, I'm sure that we'll want to revisit these things at some point, but I hope that that gives you a little bit more insight into our Lindsay. Thanks so much for listening. If you have more questions, please feel free to submit them on Instagram or in, on Facebook. Send us via email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Upside Down. <laughs>